And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to... Now, for a moment, my microphone went off. That's a bad thing to happen. Well, today's July 24th, 25th day of the year. 160 days remain to the end of the year. And we'll do it all over again. It's uh, National Cousins Day. Um, National Tequila Day. National Children's Day in Vanuatu. International Self-Care Day. National Amelia Earhart Day. Vanished. Absolutely. National Day of Motoring. National drive Through Day. Um, National Marine Week, National Tell an Old Joke Day, National Thermo Engineer Day, Pioneer Day, Samaritan's Awareness Day, and Simon Bolivar's Birthday. Alrighty. You know, in 1132 AD, the Battle of Nocera between Adolf II of a life and Roger II of Sicily took place. Isn't it interesting how the the powers that be are willing to sacrifice our lives for their benefit? But heaven help him if we want something from them. 1148, Louis the Seventh of France lays siege to Damascus during the Second Crusade. 1304, Wars of Scottish Independence. Fall of Stirling Castle. Edward I of England takes the stronghold using the werewolf. And the werewolf, for those that don't know, is believed to be the largest tribution ever made. Created in Scotland by order of King Edward I during the siege of Stirling Castle. When disassembled, that weapon would fill 30 wagons with its parts. Took five master carpenters and 49 laborers at least three months to complete it. Um, and when it went into action, it brought down the walls of Stirling Castle. 1411, Battle of Harlaw, one of the bloodiest battles in Scotland takes place. 1412, Benham at Loyal becomes Syriac Orthodox Patriarch of Marden. 1487, citizens of Lord and strike against a ban on foreign beer. Gotta have that beer, don't you know? 1534, French explorer Jacques Cartier plants a cross on uh, Gaspé Peninsula and takes possession of the territory in the name of Francis I of France. 1567, Mary Queen of Scots is forced to abdicate and be replaced by her one-year-old son, James the Sixth. I'm sure he was a brilliant l- ruler, as long as somebody changed his diaper. Uh, 1701, Antoine de la Mosa Cadillac founds the trading post at Fort Apache Train, which later became the city of Detroit. 1712, War of the Spanish Succession. 
The French, under Marcel Villiers, won a decisive victory over Eugene of Savoy at uh, Denham. 1847, after 17 months of travel, Brigham Young leads 148 Mormon pioneers into Salt Lake Valley, resulting in the establishment of Salt Lake City. 1847, Richard March Ho, American inventor, patented the rotary-type printing press. 1864, American Civil War, Battle of Kernstown. Confederate General Jubal Early defeats Union troops led by General George Crook in the effort to keep him out of the Shenandoah Valley. 1866, Reconstruction. Tennessee becomes the first U.S. state to be readmitted to Congress following the American Civil War. 1901, O. Henry is released from prison in Columbus, Ohio after serving three years for embezzlement from a bank. 1910, the Ottoman Empire captures the city of Shukadar, putting down uh, the Albanian Revolt of 1910. 1911, Harm Bingham III rediscovers Machu Picchu, the lost city of the Incas. 1915, the passenger ship SS Eastland capsizes while tried to a dock in the Chicago River. A total of 844 passengers and crew are killed in the Largest loss of life disaster from a single shipwreck on the Great Lakes. And it was tied to the dock, no less. Okay. Let's see what we're doing here. 1922. Draft of the British Mandate of Palestine is formally confirmed by the Council of the League of Nations. Came into effect on September 26, 1923. Also in 1923, the Treaty of Lusain, settling the boundaries of modern Turkey, is signed in Switzerland by Greece, Bulgaria, and the other countries that fought in World War I. 1924, the Mistakles Salulis becomes the Prime Minister of Greece. 1927, the Menengate War Memorials unveiled in uh, Ypres. 1929, the Calabrian Pact. Renouncing a war's estimate of foreign policy goes into effect. First signed in Paris on August 27, 1928, by most leading world powers. Of course, nobody paid any attention to it, but it sounded good. The um, 1935, the Dust Bowl heat wave reaches its peak, sending temperatures to 109 in Chicago and 104 in Milwaukee. The um, 1943, World War II, Operation Gomorrah begins. British and Canadian airplanes bomb Hamburg by night, and American planes bomb the city by day. By the end of the operation in November, 9,000 tons of explosives will have killed more than 30,000 people and destroyed 280,000 buildings. 1950, Cape Canaveral Air Force Station begins operations with the launch of a bumper rocket. 1959, the opening of the American National Exhibit in Moscow. Vice President Richard, trust me, I'm not a crook, Nixon and Soviet Premier Khrushchev have a kitchen debate. 1963, the ship Blue Nose 2s launched in Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. Schooner's a major Canadian symbol. 1966, Michael Pelkey makes the first base jump from El Capitan along with Brian Schubert. Both came out with broken bones. Base jumping has now been banned from El Capitan. 
for those who are not familiar with what base jumping is, it's the recreational sport of jumping from fixed objects using a parachute to descend safely to the ground. It's an acronym that stands for four categories of fixed objects in which you can jump. Buildings, antenna, referring to radio mask, spans, referring to bridges, and earth, referring to cliffs. So, uh, if you want to have some fun, and I don't recommend it, check it out. In 1967, during an official state visit to Canada, French President de Gaulle declares to a crowd of over 100,000 in Montreal, Viva la Quebec Libre, long live free Quebec. The statement angered the Canadian government and a lot of Anglophone uh, Canadians. 1969, Apollo 1, the Apollo program, Apollo 11 splashes down safely in the Pacific Ocean. 1974, in the Watergate scandal, U.S. Supreme Court unanimously ruled that President Richard Nixon did not have the authority to withhold subpoenaed White House tapes and order him to surrender the tapes to the Watergate special prosecutor. 1977 into the 40 long Libyan-Egyptian War. 1980 on this date, the quietly confident quartet of Australians wins the men's uh, four by 100 meter medley relay at the Moscow Olympics. The only time the United States had won the event at the Olympic level. Alrighty, uh, 1982, heavy rains causes a mudslide that destroys a bridge at Nagasaki, Japan, kills 299 people. 1983, the Black July anti-Tamil riots begin in Sri Lanka, kill between 400 and 3,000, depending on which report you read. Black July is generally regarded as the beginning of the Sri Lankan Civil War. 1983, George Brett playing for the Kansas City Royals against the New York Yankees has the game-winning home run nullified in the Pine Tar Incident. And for those not familiar with the Pine Tar Incident, it was a controversial incident in 1983 during an American League baseball game between Kansas City and New York Yankees. Uh, with his team trailing 4-3 in the top half of the ninth inning and two out, the Royals' future Hall of Fame third baseman George Brett had a two-run two home run off of uh, Rich Goose Gossage to give his team the lead. But um, Yankees manager Billy Martin, who had noticed a large amount of pine tar on Brett's bat, requested the umpires inspect the bat. The umpires ruled the amount on the bat exceeded the amount allowed by the rules, so they nullified the home run and called him out. And he was the third out in the ninth inning with the home team in the lead. The, the game ended with a Yankees win. Of course, it's still debated to this day about whether or not it really was uh, improper. 1987, the... Um, U.S. supertanker SS Bridgeton collides with mines laid by the IRCG, causing a 43-square-meter dent in the uh, body of the oil tanker. Also in 1987, Holda Crooks, 91-year-old woman, climbed uh, Mount Fuji 
became the oldest person to climb Japan's highest peak. 1998, Russell Eugene Weston Jr. bursts into the U.S. Capitol and opens uh, fire, killing two police officers. He's later found to be uh, squirrely and competent to stand trial. 1999, Air Fiji Flight 121 crashes while en route to Nadi in Fiji, killing all 17 people on board. 2001, the Bandaranaike airport attack is carried out by 14 Tamil Tiger commandos. 11 civilian and military aircraft are destroyed and 15 are damaged. All 14 commandos are killed, while seven soldiers from Sri Lankan Air Force are killed. In addition, three civilians and an engineer die. This incident uh, slowed down the um, Sri Lankan uh, economy. 2009, Area Air Flight 1525 crashes at Mashhad International Airport, killing 16. 2012, Syrian Civil War, People's Protection Units captured the city of Gurkha Leji. 2013, a high-speed train derails in Spain, rounding a curve with a 50-mile-per-hour speed limit. The train was doing 120, killed 78 passengers. 2014, Al Algeria Flight 5017 loses control with uh, it loses contact with air traffic controllers 50 minutes after takeoff. It was traveling between Guadalupe, uh, Burkina Faso, and Algiers. The wreckage is later found in Mali. All 116 people on board are found dead. And in 2019, Boris Johnson becomes Prime Minister of the UK after defeating Jeremy Hunt in a leadership contest, succeeding uh, Theresa May. And that's what happened on this date in history. Now, we've been talking about some of the world's greatest mysteries. And we're going to talk about... Uh, some bizarre and unexplained um, things in this particular show. We're going to start out talking about crop circles. Now these are mysterious circles of unknown origin and appear in English crop fields, also in America now, leading a lot of observers to believe they're made by extraterrestrials, don't you know? Reports of these strange geometric patterns appearing in crop fields date back nearly 350 years, <clears throat> which means the two men who confessed to doing them all with a board and a rope may not have been telling the truth. 1678, an illustration published in a British pamphlet depicted the mowing devil legend, which Satan himself is laying out a field of votes in a circle. The first scientific report on this phenomenon appeared in Nature magazine in July of 1880. Writer of the article, John Capron, suggested the unusual circular spots he observed in a wheat field in Guilford, uh, England, were caused by heavy winds. In the 1960s, reports from Australia attributed the circles in the crops to UFO landings. Now, by the 1970s, these so-called crop circles began appearing in large numbers, particularly in the countryside of southern England. By the late 1990s, the circles and the patterns, which usually appear 
mysteriously overnight had become complex designs. Explanations for the phenomena range from the credible to the absolutely ludicrous. Simplest explanation and the most plausible is that humans made the crop circles. This became evident in 1999 when a man from Southampton, England, named Doug Bauer, revealed he and his friend David Charlie were responsible for at least some of the crop circles. One night in 1976, Bauer suggested to Charlie they go to a wheat field in Wiltshire and make it look like a flying saucer landed there. Conspirators made the circles using a wooden plank to flatten the stalks of wheat. Well, little did Bauer and Charlie imagine their amazing hoax would spawn a legion of copycat uh, tricksters and launch a worldwide crop circle industry, which movies and books and websites and symposiums and sightseeing tours kept the phenomena alive and well. And many multinational companies such as Nike and Pepsi and Microsoft have even created crop circles to promote their products. You never know what some imaginative individual is going to come up with. But I would have to point out, if they're over 350 years old, then those two clowns probably didn't do them. Well, let's talk about some bizarre burial customs. You know, the, there's two things that are supposed to be unavoidable. And death is one of them. And it's, this aspect of life is universally shared by all humanity. However, the, the way that various societies treat their dead is not universal by any means. According to Christopher Bullock in The Cobbler of Preston in 1716, it's impossible to be sure of anything but death and taxes. Benjamin Franklin, in a letter to French scientist Jean-Baptiste Leroy in 1789, reworked the familiar refrain, saying, In this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. Now, how a society views death and mourning reveals a lot about its traditions, religion, and social life. From the ancient Sumerians of Mesopotamia who buried their dead beneath the family home to the Egyptians who mummified their dead rulers and entombed them in mammoth pyramids to the ancient Indians who cremated uh, people of distinction and placed their remains under a memorial shrine, burial, burial rites have uh, traditionally varied greatly from culture to culture uh, in the eyes of most Westerners. There's an interesting list of death rituals that uh, is interesting to peruse. According to um, 10th century Arab traveler writer Ahmad Ibn Fadlan, Vikings in the Middle Ages buried the body of a dead chieftain in a temporary grave for 10 days. And one of his slave women was forced to have sex with every man in the village, after which a tribal a matriarch would kill her. The bodies of the chieftain and the woman were put in a wooden ship that was set on fire and they're able to drift away into the sea. And centuries ago, the, the boat people of Hemp Pond Valley in southwest China put their dead in wooden coffins and hung them nearly 300 feet straight up at the side of a cliff. These coffins hung undisturbed, resting on wooden poles inserted into the 
cliffside. In fact, dozens of these hanging coffins can still be seen to this day. Then you got endo-cannibalism, eating the flesh of a dead relative. And that was practiced until recently by many tribes around the world, uh, notably the, the Melanesians of Papua New Guinea and the Wari people of Brazil. Anthropologists view the practice as a final act of goodwill and respect to the deceased. Yeah, you haven't lived till you've had an Uncle Burger. Then you got the Cavatino people on the island of Luzon in the South Pacific. They buried the dead standing upright in hollowed-out tree trunks selected by the deceased individual before they die. The Cavatino believe trees sustain human life, so in death humans must reciprocate, giving their bodies to the trees. I must say, there's some very imaginative death rituals. All right. From burial customs, let's talk about reincarnation. Now, Shanti Devi was born in New Delhi, India in 1926. Didn't speak a word until the age of four. And when she did start talking, she told the family her home wasn't in Delhi, but in Matura, 90 miles away. She said her husband owned a cloth shop, and the couple had a son. Shanti called herself Shobin, meaning Chob's wife. She described Matura in detail, although she'd never been there. Described the food she ate, the clothes she wore, even gave details about her own death, giving birth to her son. Well, at about the age of nine, she told a relative her husband's name was Pandit Karanith Chobi. Relative contacted Pandit, informing him of all the statements Shanti made. Pandit came to Delhi with the son of his first wife and his present wife. Shanti immediately recognized him as her husband, although she said little at first, but Upon seeing her son from her previous life, the one she died giving birth to, she burst into tears and hugged him. And in the time they spent uh, together, Shanti told Pandit things only his first wife would have known. He became convinced Shanti was uh, had lived a previous li- uh, life as his first wife. Well, as you might guess, that story spread like wildfire, compelling Mahatma Gandhi, the leader of the independence movement in India, to form a special committee to study the case committee arranged for Shanti to visit uh, Mathura, where she repeatedly provided intimate details and the identification of people and places and past events. To this day, Shanti Devi remains one of the most prominent and best-studied cases of past life memories. Might not prove in and of itself reincarnation, but it is highly significant. And for millions of people, reincarnation is an accepted fact. They point to the case of Shanti Devi as proof of their beliefs. And researchers and scientists have studied thousands of cases of reincarnation. Of course, skeptics are quick to point um, out any problems with this alleged proof. After all, how can science prove anything that's related to the human soul? Which is an interesting point. Well... 
let's talk about uh, what are referred to as first encounters. That's um, alleged contact with aliens, don't you know? The um, I know a number of folks who claim to have been abducted. I did a first season of a TV series with Travis Walton. It hadn't played yet. Hopefully it will. Then I can retire and go sit on the beach. Well, the literature of all classical ancient cultures abounds with descriptions of unusual aerial phenomena. Modern reader knows these phenomena as UFOs, unidentified flying objects, and extraterrestrial life forms. You know, the possible existence of UFOs and aliens dates back thousands of years to ancient cave drawings. In New York's caves in France have a diagram of what looks like a 1950s sci-fi movie spaceship. Of course, it was drawn about 12,000 years ago. Flying disc-shaped objects are found in cave drawings in Itolo, Tanzania. They date back more than 20,000 years. Depictions of alien-like beings, some wearing space helmet-type headgear, have been found in caves in Australia and in the Sahara Desert in Algeria. Ancient uh, texts describe phenomena that many people believe to be early reports of UFOs in the Old Testament. The prophet Ezekiel talks about seeing winged human-like figures coming during uh, um, strange mechanical wheels. Ancient Indian epic poem, the Ramayana, relates the uh, Puspaka car. Aerial excellent car going everywhere it will. Car resembled a bright cloud in the sky. A lot of researchers wonder if this can be a 1,700-year-old uh, text describing a gleaming alien spaceship. While the most historical accounts of UFOs can be ascribed to natural phenomena, several ancient reports have yet to be explained. These accounts were described in a paper written by NASA's Richard Struthers that appeared in a classical journal in 2007. Uh, it was celebrated historian Josephus who reported a sky army over Judea in 65 AD. Throughout all parts of the country, chariots were seen in the air and armed battalions hurtling through the clouds and encompassing the cities. 74 B.C., thousands of Roman soldiers witnessed a strange aerial phenomenon. All of a sudden, the sky burst asunder and a huge flame-like body was seen to fall and in shape as like a wine jar and in color like molten silver. That was written by uh, the Greek biographer Plutarch. Close encounter of the third kind, observation of an extraterrestrial being, was reported by Roman historian Livy in 214 B.C. At Adria, an altar was seen in the sky, and around it were forms of men dressed in shining white. You really don't know what's out there. Well, from first encounters... Let's talk about the one and only Jack the Ripper. You know, to this day, folks don't know who he was. 
The murders of five London women remain one of the most baffling and disturbing cold case files in history. Though I read many reports that the number of people he killed may have been closer to 11. You know, the savage slings of five women in London's impoverished Whitechapel district of the East End, known as the Jack the Ripper murders, is the, the most notorious unsolved murder mystery in British history. When I was in London, I wandered around the Whitechapel district. Even went to 220, uh, what is it, 222B uh, Baker Street, which is a real address. It's a bank. And they have one secretary does nothing but answer mail to Sherlock Holmes. You know, dozens of names have been suggested as a real identity of the man who committed these heinous murders between August 31st and November 9th, 1888. And the list of names includes doctors and a banker and a scrap metal merchant, a painter, the Duke of Clarence, a fish porter, a sailor, author Lewis Carroll, a schoolmaster, an occultist, and Winston Churchill's father, among others. Through more than 130 years have passed since the killings, historians and criminologists continue their quest to try to identify the murderer. But the question becomes, are they any closer to solving the crime? Three separate attempts with DNA testing. Hello. This is Ken. Oh, very good. It would help if you if you did use some of those large clips. That sounds good. Okay, we do have a pricing for the copies, but we do it quarterly for 58. Do you have military discount? Okay, I would appreciate that. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye bye. There we go. Everything's back to functioning again. The, um, I got so many projects going on. It's, all right. As I said, there have been a number of attempts to, um, identify the murderer using DNA. 
Three separate attempts of DNA testing conducted on different pieces of crime-related evidence pointed the finger at three different suspects. One of those suspects was a woman. 1988, two profilers from the FBI ruled out a number of suspects but unable to ID the real murderer. And British authorities officially closed the unsolved Jack the Ripper case in 1892. But the quest to reveal the true identity of the murderer does continue. Well, let's turn to a discussion of real honest-to-God headhunters. The Shuar Indians of southeastern Ecuador, one of the only indigenous groups in the New World to drive out European invaders. But their thirst for independence wasn't the primary reason the tribe gained international notoriety. During the 19th century, a segment of the tribe, the Miralaya Shuar, became known for the shrunken heads they created of enemies slain in combat. process of shrinking the heads called uh, suntasis begins with decapitating the victim and removing the skin from the skull. Then the skin's boiled, dried, and heated stones or sand is placed into the skin, which is closed up with pins and strings. The uh, sure believe uh, shrinking the heads of a dead enemy prevented the uh, individual's soul from seeking revenge on the, the shuar. After the fact, you know, uh, it is true that having your head cut off will tend to give you um, a little bit of anger at the folks that did it. So this was supposedly the way to stop that from coming to the path. Well, from the Shuar, let's talk about the Neanderthals. Why did modern humans' closest extinct ancestors seem to vanish? as if they never were. You know, scientists describe Neanderthals as either a separate distinct species called Homo neanderthalus or a subspecies of Homo sapiens or modern humans. Neanderthals and modern humans are closely related, bearing a somewhat similar appearance, though the archaic humans are shorter and thicker-waisted with projecting brow ridges. Beginning about 400,000 years ago, Neanderthals lived across here in Western Asia, roughly from Spain to Siberia. But by 40,000 years ago, the Neanderthals had completely vanished, replaced by populations of Homo sapiens migrating from Africa to Europe. Now, it's hard to pinpoint a single cause of the Neanderthal extinction, but a gradual or dramatic change to their habitat caused by climate change was probably a major factor. Changing climates uh, killed off uh, significant numbers of the large Ice Age animals the Neanderthals hunted, possibly resulting in widespread starvation and disease. Another possible cause of extinction might have been the uh, Competition for limited resources from Homo sapiens, whose arrival in Europe is believed to have occurred about uh, 5,000 years before the Neanderthals disappeared. Violent conflict between the two groups may have diminished in Neanderthal numbers. There's a group of scientists now engaged in a project to map the sequence of the Neanderthal genome. Samples have been taken from bone fragments found in Siberia. 
Maybe some of that uh, genetic material will turn up in the genome of a Homo sapien, illustrating that the Neanderthals have uh, not vanished without a trace, but in fact merged with Homo sapien. Well, from the Neanderthals, let's turn to witchcraft. Often misunderstood and maligned, the, the magical arts are as widely practiced today as ever before. You know, the concept and practice of uh, witchcraft has existed throughout recorded history, and likely millennia before that. It's been traditionally viewed um, and served a multitude of roles, including religious, medicinal, or prophetical divinatory. Commonly held belief is that witchcraft is intended to influence people against their will to control their thoughts, so to speak. It's also thought to affect the bodies or imbue their property with supernatural qualities. Malicious users of witchcraft have historically been accused of causing disease and famine and drought and bad luck and a whole host of other troubles. Conversely, those that use what are supposed to be known as white or benevolent witchcraft heal sickness, bring good luck, and perform deeds deemed positive and socially acceptable. Spell casting and necromancy, the practice of communicating with the dead, to predict the future among the most common alleged practices of witches. Mainstream Western view of witchcraft is evil, had its roots in the Old Testament doctrine against witchcraft, later echoed by Christianity and Islam. Uh, religion's staunch opposition to witchcraft was based on the eternal struggle between good and evil. Witchcraft is considered evil and tool of the devil. Beginning in mid-15th century Europe, thousands of people are accused of witchcraft, resulting in witch hunts and witch trials and imprisonment and torture and even execution. Based on an accusation that can't be proven. Yeah, witch mass hysteria swelled in colonial America during Boston's infamous Salem Witch Trials. In the early uh, 1690s, 20 people accused of witchcraft were executed. 14 of them were women. Others accused, uh, including two small children, actually died in prison. Modern witchcraft commonly involves uh, folk medicine, spiritual awakening, and shamanism, among other practices. Wicca, created in England in the mid-19th century by Gerald Gardner, is maybe the best-known contemporary witchcraft. Wiccans adhere to the Wiccan read, uh, and it harms none, do what ye will, meaning any right that a Wiccan performs should not harm another person. First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution guarantees the right to freedom of religion, belief, including witchcraft. However, some state um, practices often associated with witchcraft, such as divination or outlawed. These ordinances are not anti-witchcraft laws, but they're anti-fraud laws enacted to protect the, the public. Now, for witchcraft, let's turn to somebody who uh, was often guided by the advice of a uh, 
Warlock. I'm talking about King Arthur. The questions are long been. Did one of Britain's most acclaimed heroes actually even exist? Legend tells us King Arthur, who ruled Britons in the 5th or 6th century AD, was the firstborn son of King Uther Pendragon. Aided by the magician Merlin, the warrior king established his royal court at Camelot, where he ruled with his queen Guinevere. Now he appears predominantly, in, or excuse me, prominently in uh, numerous works of literature. Only a few historical records that suggest he actually existed, though. History of the Britons, written by a Welsh monk named uh, Nanias, about uh, 825 A.D., lists a dozen battles which Arthur fought against invading Saxons. The Annals of Wales, written in the 11th century, says a real Arthur was killed in battle in 537 A.D. Number of historians claim such accounts are purely fictional. And of course, our retired scientists don't need proof. They just make their pronouncements. However, some say Arthur might be based on one or more British military leaders, staving off a Saxon invasion, in which case there's at least a grain of truth to the great uh, mythological figure. Well, it's just been announced that his lordship, Biden, has picked a, uh, a female admiral to lead the Navy. If you look at his cabinet and the people he selected, white males are in the minority. But that's in keeping with Jill's beliefs because she tells him what to do. Well, from King Arthur, let's talk about the Curse of the Hope Diamond. Formed deep within the Earth more than 1.1 billion years ago, Hope Diamond may be the most famous gemstone in the world. It weighs 45.52 carats. It's pear-shaped. It's a dark blue diamond measured about 1 inch by 1 inch by 1 and a half inch. Stories of the Hope Diamond... Magnificence is surpassed only by the eerie tales told of a terrible curse that's attached to the gem. It's believed to have been unearthed from the Kular mine in uh, southeastern India in the 17th century. First known owner of the, the stone was Jean-Baptiste Tavernier, a French gem merchant, bought it during one of his trips to India. It was originally 115 carats. That's what it was when he brought it back to France. He sold it to King Louis XIV. And King Louis had the stone called the Blue Diamond originally, recut to 67 carats and set in gold. Well, when the king died, the diamond passed to his great-grandson, King Louis XV, who left it to his grandson, King Louis XVI, and his wife Marie Antoinette. During the French Revolution, the Blue Diamond was stolen from the royal storehouse recut and smuggled into England. Well, everything is going nuts. Went missing from England in 1812. This time it turned up in the possession of London diamond merchant Daniel Elison. This time the gem weighed 45.5 carats. And Elison sold the diamond to Thomas Hope, a British banker. 
passed through several different owners until the Smithsonian Institute in Washington bought it in 1958. Now, rumors of the uh, alleged curse were fueled by newspaper reports in the late 19th and early 20th century. And though the idea of a curse likely originated to create an aura of mystery and intrigue, many people associated with the stone did suffer a great tragedy. 1911, the New York Times reported the names of 14 people supposedly met disastrous fates because of the hoodoo diamond, as it was called. According to the article, various people committed suicide or were imprisoned and tortured and, or hung by a mob or assassinated by Russian revolutionaries. John Baptiste Tavernier himself reported a kill by a pack of wild dogs in Turkey. Now, a few reports of these tragedies associated with the Hope Diamond have ever been substantiated. The curse, like the curse of King Tut, seemed nothing more than a publicity machine at work, but you don't know. Now, from the, the curse of the Hope Diamond, let's talk about the mysterious disappearance of Amelia Earhart, the Queen of the Air, vanished in one of history's most enduring and unsolved tragedies. The story begins in the glum years of the Great Depression. Americans had few signs of hope. Sports figures and Hollywood stars were the bright spots, but none matched the exploits of um, aviator Amelia Earhart. She set numerous flying records throughout her distinguished career and was the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean. Became one of America's most admired figures, an aviation pioneer and champion of women's empowerment. That is, until she vanished. 1935, she joined Purdue University as an aeronautics advisor and career con consultant for female students. 1936, she began planning a 29,000-mile round-the-world flight along an equatorial route. With funding from Purdue, a Lockheed Electra 10E plane was built to her specifications. After her failed first attempt in March 1937, she and her team planned for a second try during the summer. Well, uh, Earhart and her navigator, Fred Noonan, left Miami, Florida June 1st in the, the Electra, made stops in South America, Africa, India, and Southeast Asia. Then they arrived at Lay, New Guinea, June 29th. Next destination in their journey was Howland Island, near a speck of land about 6,500 feet long. It was 2,500 miles across the Pacific from where they were at. July 2nd, 12.30 p.m., Earhart and Noonan took off from Leigh, but their good luck seemed to end. They regrettably left behind certain powerful radio equipment to make room for canisters of additional fuel. And the sky was overcast. They were overcast. They were flying into a storm. And they were using inaccurate maps that placed Highland six miles away from its true position. 7.42 a.m., July 3rd, Earhart messaged the Coast Guard vessel Atasca, stationed off Highland and tracking the electron movements. He says, we can't see you and we're running low on fuel. Those are the last words anybody heard from her. Weeks of searching by aircraft and ships didn't turn up any trace of Earhart, Noonan, or the Electra. 
Well, theories immediately circulated after the mysterious disappearance of the famous uh, aviatrix. Numerous search missions attempted to find information about the fate of Earhart Noonan. Recent physical evidence, a sheet of riveted aluminum and a piece of plexiglass similar to the Electra's windshield, appeared to indicate Eckhart and Noonan landed on an unidentified island where they eventually died as castaways. Additional theories have emerged to explain what may have happened to the, the famed flyer, but the mystery still persists. There's been talk that she was actually uh, spying on the Japanese and they were supposed to have uh, captured her. And she wound up dying in a POW camp. But then again, there are many, many stories about what may have happened to her. Well, from the missing aviatrix, let's talk about the mystery of the Mary Celeste. This abandoned ship was found floating aimlessly in the Atlantic Ocean, hundreds of miles from land. Passengers and crew all vanished. It was December 5th, 1872. The British merchant ship De Gracia spotted a brig drifting uh, about 400 miles east of the Azores. When the ship's captain, David Morehouse, uh, maneuvered close to the vessel, he read the name Mary Celeste, and we had set sail for Genoa, Italy, from New York City on November 7th. So Morehouse sent a boarding party to the ship. There was three feet of water below decks. The ship's single lifeboat was gone. The crew's belongings were stowed in their quarters, and the storage lockers contained sizable provisions of food and water. One of the ship's two pumps was found disassembled, but there was not a single person on board. And according to the ship's general log, the Mary Celeste had been sailing without a crew for about ten days. Well, the Mary Celeste departed New York City with seven crew members and Captain Benjamin Spooner Briggs and his wife, Sarah, and the couple's two-year-old daughter, Sophia Matilda. The ship was transporting a cargo of 1,700 barrels of crude alcohol. When the DeGracia crew sailed the Mary Celeste 800 miles to Gibraltar, where both ships arrived on uh, December 13th, British officials suspecting foul play launched an investigation into the disappearance of the the Mary Celeste crew. In March of 1873, the court declared it had found no evidence of wrongdoing and awarded a salvage payment to the crew of the De Gracia. The owner of Celeste sold the brig upon his return to New York. While the saga of the Mary Celeste might have ended with the court's decision, had a young writer named Arthur Conan Doyle not written J. Habakkuk Jefferson's statement. A fictional sensationalization sort of story. All the papers just flew out of my hand. Um, about the Celeste tragedy printed in the Cornhill Magazine in 1884. Published anonymously, the first person survivor's testimony blamed the incident on the race war. Fictional invention became widely accepted as the, the truth. Two widely considered theories have tried to explain why the Celeste was abandoned. One claims a highly volatile cargo of crude alcohol somehow ignited, causing a pressure wave type of explosion. Another suggests the ship's pumps malfunction in both scenarios. And Captain Briggs, not knowing the, if his vessel would sink, gave the order to abandon ship.
supposedly part of that theory is they moved a little bit away from the ship in case it did explode. The plan was to come back and reboard, and the wind caught uh, the sails and the Mary Celeste out in the rowboat. Well, let's talk about a dancing plague. An outbreak of uh, dance mania in 17th century France and frenzied dancers hopping till they dropped. It's July 1518. Residents of Strasbourg, France, were shocked to see their neighbor, Franck Tofia, suddenly begin to dance in the street. No music playing, and she seemed unable to stop her uh, fervent gyrations. Soon another, uh, others joined her wild dance. Weeks in, more than 30 people were dancing day and night in the streets. Within a month, that number reached 400, mostly female. Many danced till they died, victims of exhaustion and a stroke and heart attack. Physicians ruled out supernatural causes, and of course they would know, and prescribed even more dancing as a cure. Modern researchers are stymied over these bizarre phenomena. One theory suggests the dancers suffer from stress-induced psychosis brought on by extreme anxiety. At the time, Strasbourg was enduring a period of severe famine and disease. Another theory postulates that the dancers are victims of food poisoning caused by ergot um, fungi, which grows on grain and can cause seizures. Well, after weeks of nonstop activity, the dancers gradually stopped dancing, bringing to an end this singularly bizarre and inexplicable episode of mass hysteria. And on that note, we come to the end of today's show. We'll be back tomorrow, and once again, we'll be talking about strange and unusual uh, events. Till then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show, saying have a truly great evening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.